Um, this is another true story. I was in middle school and I was dealing with a lot of these issues that led to escaping society. Just um, looking around, seeing the madness, nothing made sense. Nobody was offering me alternatives. Anytime I tried to seek guidance, I'd get more often than not from school counselors. Just, well, you know, stick to it. Here's how you fit in. It's going to pay off. You go to college, you get the money, you know, and that's what it's all about. You get the money because that equals security. Never mind that whether in the process of getting what they called security, I was helping destroy the planet that I really loved. So I was dealing with these issues, and I was getting really angsty. I had the leather jacket. I was, like, not doing my schoolwork. I was pissed. I was just angry. I didn't fit in, and I didn't know what to do with that. So we had this assembly where I don't remember what grade I was in in middle school, maybe eighth. We got brought into this school gymnasium, and there was this African storyteller, and I was like, oh, boy, here we go, another, you know, event, school event, and I'm just kind of sitting there with my leather jacket, my arms crossed, just kind of non-participating as was my way back then. And he began to tell this story, and I find it so interesting looking back that talking to a group of middle schoolers, he picked this story. I only learned much later that it was based on an Aesop's fable called The Dog and the Wolf. And the gist of the story is this. Long ago, Dog and Wolf were brothers, and they traveled together, and they shared everything. And they had a really hard winter where food was scarce, and they were suffering. Dog had realized that he'd smelled food coming from the human villages, and he came upon a plan. He told Wolf, I think I can go and trick the people out of their food. And Wolf said, I don't know, that looks pretty dangerous. And Dog said, well, don't you worry, I think I got this figured out. When I figure it out, I'm going to come back, I'm going to bring you food, I'm going to show you how to get food. So Dog, he goes down to the human village, and all the people are scared of him. They've never, I mean, a dog was a wild animal back then. It's like if a bear walked into your, your neighborhood now. They were fascinated and scared. But Dog applied his first trick. He started waving his tail all over the place, back and forth, back and forth. Well, this looked pretty helpless, pretty harmless, so the people kind of smiled and came a little closer. And Dog applied a second trick. He got down on his front legs and got really low and stuck his butt up in the air and really started wiggling his tail. And people kind of laughed and they thought it was cute. And then Dog rolled over on his back and began to wiggle. And now he really looked harmless. And sure enough, people began to throw him little pieces of food. Ha! Dog thought. Here it is. I figured it out how to get food. Well, one family in particular really loved Dog. And they invited him home. They brought him back to his house. They opened the door. And there was a big warm fire. They made a little bed in front of the fire for Dog. And Dog was so smitten. It was the first time in a month that he'd felt any kind of warmth. And he had a full belly. And they laid out some water next to the fire. And he was so comfortable that he didn't even notice when the door shut behind him. Mm. Click. So, the next day, after a good night's sleep, Dog goes to the door, notices shut. He's never been in captivity before. But the people wake up, they take Dog out, but they put something around his neck. It's the first collar. And instead of Dog going where he wants to and coming back when he wants to, they take Dog to a little tree and tie him to the tree. And it's not a bad tree. It's a big shady tree and it's a pretty yard. But all the same, Dog can't help but miss that freedom that he so recently had. He doesn't necessarily want to be right under that tree. But isn't it worth it? I mean, there's food, there's fire, and these people are really nice to him. Well, he quickly falls into a rhythm. This goes on day after day until one day a rabbit runs across the yard, and something in Dog stirs. He remembers that part of him that used to travel with Wolf, and just for a moment, something wild rises up in him, 
and he pulls and he pulls on that leash, and suddenly one little weak spot gives, and pow! He's off. He's chasing that rabbit into the forest, over the hills, across the creek. He's chasing, 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 and the rabbit dives into some bushes, and he's gone. Dog looks around, and oh my God, he's free for the first time, and he doesn't remember how long. And oh my God, he remembers his brother Wolf. He never came back to teach Wolf how to get food. So, dog, he sniffs the air, and he begins his, his journey. He, he tracks, and he looks, and he looks, and he tracks, and he finally finds the trail, and he follows it. And after another half a day, there's Wolf. Wolf sniffs him, says, you smell strange. And dog says, well, that's the shampoos they wash my fur with. But look how fat I am. Look how much food I have. But Wolf, he's not looking at dog's fat belly. He looks at his neck and says, well, what's that? He said, well, that, that, that's a collar, Wolf. And Wolf says, well, what's a collar for? Well, they need the collar to, to tie me to the tree tie you to a tree? Why do they tie you to a tree? Well, they're afraid I might might get away. And Wolf looks at him, and Dog is feeling very shameful and, and shy right now. And he says, but you don't understand, Wolf. I get fed. I get comfort. I get warmth. I get everything that I need. I get everything that I want. Don't be a fool. Come back with me. You can do the same thing. And Wolf shakes his head sadly and says, oh, Dog, you don't realize what you've done. You've traded your hunger, your freedom, for captivity. You're a prisoner and you don't even know it. A comfortable prisoner is still a prisoner. And with that, Dog and Wolf parted ways. And they've never been friends since. Wolf, sometimes he's hungry. Sometimes he's cold. Sometimes he's very uncomfortable. But he is free as every creature was meant to be free, born on this planet. Dog, he's much more comfortable. He's pampered. He's become all kinds of forms and shapes, and he does all kinds of things for treats, but he's a prisoner. He's given up his freedom. And at this point, that storyteller, that African storyteller, looked at us on the bleachers and said, you have a choice. You can either be the dog or the wolf. Mm. And oh my God, I couldn't believe he told that story because the wolf isn't the one that gets the good grades and, and stays in school and does what he's told and gives up his freedom. The wolf is the one who goes out. I always was already thinking about being a hobo. And that was the wolf. And that really helped me along. The next time I heard that story was years later when I was in Idaho taking a wolf tracking expedition. And we only heard the wolves howl twice during the week we were out there. We intentionally were trying not to see the wolves. We didn't want to disturb them. We wanted to read their signs, to read the clues they left behind and respect their privacy. The wolves howled once on the first night we were there, and towards the end of the week, they told that story, and right as the story ended, as if on cue, oh. all the hills lit up with wolf howls, oh. and it was such a magical thing. So I invite everybody else, you know, ask yourself, are you the dog? Are you, are you choosing comforts over a future, over the wildness, over the most beautiful free things? Or are you that wolf? Are you willing to make some sacrifices for a greater good?